A couple weeks ago, I got an email from my friend Maitri. A friend of hers was in serious trouble, and she wanted my help. I'd seen her the day before and everything was fine, and she said, I think my husband has leukemia. They've checked him into the UW cancer ward. Here in Madison, the University of Wisconsin has one of the top cancer research facilities in the country. With very little notice, Maitri's friend was immediately admitted to the affiliated community hospital. I was most surprised at how quickly it happened and how urgently the medical profession had to respond. Sunday I was at church with her. She went home after church. Her husband said, I have some pain in my legs. I think I'll go to the doctor tomorrow. And she said, let's give the nurse on call a quick phone call and just make sure that this is fine. The nurse said, you need to go to the emergency room now. He went and they were ready to check him into the hospital that afternoon. So one minute fine, leg cramp, next minute checked into the UW hospital ward. With leukemia. Correct. I'm no doctor, so for me, it wasn't medical assistance she was looking for, at least not directly. What Maitri wanted was my bone marrow. You see, the best chance anyone suffering from leukemia has is to receive a bone marrow transplant. And while there are more than 8 million bone marrow donors registered in the United States, it's nowhere near enough. With very specific genetic requirements, an exact match for a bone marrow donor is very hard to come by. It's easiest to find a, a genetic match, someone that's related to you, of, and secondarily of the same ethnic background, etc. And 70% of people cannot find a match within their own family. So then they need to go and find an unrelated donor. And unfortunately, only about 4 out of 10 people that are looking for an unrelated donor actually do. You know, after hearing this, it didn't take much to convince me that it would be worth it to register as a bone marrow donor. And though I was not a good match for Maitri's friend, someone somewhere out there may one day need my help. Fortunately, he found a match and is now undergoing treatment. But the plight of others who might not be so lucky got me thinking. Less than a week after signing up for the National Bone Marrow Donor Registry, I reconnected with another friend named Shannon Foley. She's the executive director of an organization called Love, Hope, Strength. Tell us what your organization is and what it does. We are the, I guess, one and only, therefore the largest, <laughs> rock and roll cancer foundation. And we started about three and a half years ago. And we travel the world putting on concerts in order to raise money to build cancer centers in regions of the world that have no access to cancer care. And then here in the United States, we go to concerts and we find matches for people in need of bone marrow transplants. So we swab people's cheeks, it's a very simple process. We waive the processing fee, which is normally $65, and we get you registered to see if you can become the match to patient with leukemia, sickle cell anemia, any kind of blood disorders, blood cancers. Give me love, give me love, hope and strength. Give me love, hope and strength to carry on. In the summer of 2009, Shannon and her team at Love Hope Strength managed to register more than 4,000 new bone marrow donors to the national database. 
So far this year, they've matched 30 cancer patients for bone marrow transplants that will save their lives. The idea of mixing performing artists and their music with this kind of philanthropic giving is part of an amazing adventure that's becoming a global movement. Raising awareness and money in support of cancer treatment, Love, Hope, Strength is changing the world. I'm James Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project. Why rock concerts? It seems an odd combination to match a rock concert with bone marrow cancer registration. How do you make that connection? Sure. We were founded by two musicians, two guys in the music business, I should say. Both are leukemia survivors. And when the foundation started, we kind of looked around and realized that musicians were coming together for all problems in the world, but not the number one killer in the world, which is cancer. So we set out to kind of unite musicians and unite people through music. So that's where the music came in. We started by doing these concerts all over the world. And we found music festivals started reaching out and musicians started reaching out and saying, come to our concert and promote your cause. So we went to a festival one day and we sat there and we set up our booth and we started talking about the problems in the world with cancer and how we were going to fix them and how we needed your help. But we realized we were kind of a waste of space. I mean, we were doing nothing but trying to get our word out there, and we weren't doing something that was actually saving lives. So a few days later, I get back from this music festival, and I got a call from a nine-year-old boy, and he was a leukemia patient. As he was going through his treatment, he was watching his friends die who couldn't find matches because there just weren't enough people registered. So during his treatment, he set out to find 2,007 matches in 2007. And he managed to register 6,000 people that summer. He called us up and he said, will you vote for me to become the CNN Hero of the Year? And we said, absolutely, but more importantly, let's go help you find some matches. And we were on our way to another festival. And we said, why don't you come with us and we'll see if we can find more matches for you. And um, I sat there with his grandparents and we swabbed some people's cheeks and we got the word out. And right there, we found two matches from that concert. So thus began you know bringing the bone marrow drives to music and really what we were doing was bringing the bone marrow drives to the masses and you know what brings people together in large quantities and music does and as soon as we got musicians involved who would stand up on stage and allow us or they would themselves would put out the message the music connection really just kind of grew naturally and it became a perfect fit because we just get that that huge amount of people in one place and you know people who love music love life so it was a great fit what's the disconnect why are so few people interested in getting registered what's the problem with that it's just it's awareness i mean and it's also you don't know about it until you have someone close to you need it and you know it's kind of like you know, organ donation. I mean, you get signed up, but you're not going to go out there and give your kidney unless somebody you know personally is in need of a kidney transplant. So for us, it was kind of like, how do we get the word out there to people so that they understand that 
You can become a match to anyone. It's a living transplant. It's not the painful process that it used to be. And I think that is a big issue too, is that seven years ago, it used to be a very invasive procedure to become a bone marrow donor. And it was a very scary thing for people. We had to take time off of work and you hear bone marrow transplant and you, you think, you know, horrible thoughts. So about seven years ago, they changed the process to become a very non-invasive procedure, outpatient procedure. Um, I mean, you can be back in your office in a few hours, and people just don't know any better. Now, I understand that people of color, African Americans in particular, represent less than 2% of the total registered donors. What is your organization doing to reach out to minority communities and communities that are underrepresented in the registration? Yeah, it's a horrible issue right now. I mean, we've got a patient who had to go to Nigeria on his own to try to find a match for himself, and a patient shouldn't have to do that. So what we're doing is that we're trying to figure out how we're going to tap into African-American musicians so that we can get out to the community. Again, it goes down to education, and, you know, we just have to be at the right place at the right time, but finding a musician who's willing to be that voice has been, it's been difficult, but we need somebody else to be the voice. I mean, nobody really cares if Shannon Foley stands up and says it, but... You know, if Michael Franti stands up and says it, or Rihanna, or you name it, it's going to change everything. Let's talk about the procedure. You fill out the registration form, you get your cheek swabbed. What happens next? So that little cheek swab goes into the national database, and you'll be tested for four tissue types, four tissue points. And if those four points match a patient that's in need, they'll call you up and say, you've become a match, would you like to become a donor? At that point, you make the decision. Hopefully the answer is yes. And you'll go into your hospital. You'll get a blood test just to confirm that, in fact, you are that perfect match. After that, you'll go into your hospital for four days in a row. You'll go in and you'll get an injection each day. It takes a few minutes. And that injection is going to take your stem cells out of your bone marrow and push it into your bloodstream. So on day five, you'll go in there for a few hours. You'll get hooked up to a machine. They'll remove blood from one arm, remove those stem cells, put your blood back in the other arm, and you leave. Your body's going to regenerate those missing cells, and the hope is that those stem cells are going to be accepted as the new stem cells in the recipient's body. It's very difficult on the the recipient, but that means that's your chance for survival. It's obviously worth it. And as far as the donor is concerned, I mean, the worst that we've heard is people say they feel like they've been kicked in the side from... You know, or they've been punched in the arm, and I'm like, that's a small price to pay for saving somebody's life. What happens next? What are your goals? What are your priorities moving forward? That's a really good question, James. Had you asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have said, what's next is we're going to go to every concert we can get our, you know, fingers on this summer in the United States and do more bone marrow drives. Last year we did 80, and we were hoping to do, you know, about the same. But this week... We just got the green light to start doing bone marrow drives in the UK, and we've been asked to take it globally. So what's next is the world. (laughs) What's next is finding more musicians. What's next is really scary and really amazing, all the same. And I've got to get on a plane today and finally go home for the first time in a few weeks and process how we're going to make this happen. But we've got some incredible ideas that we're working with the International Coalition of Cancer with, and thinking about talking to the International Dentistry Association and making cheek swabs a part of your annual checkup at the dentist's office, which how simple would that be? 
talking to the International Pharmacy Association and having it something that you can go to your local pharmacy and they can say, are you registered to be a bone marrow donor? And they can do it right then and there. So, yeah, what's next is the world. Becoming a bone marrow donor is really easy, and you just might save a life. For more information, visit lovehopestrength.org. For the Joy Trip Project, this is James Mills. Music this week by the On Trio and the band The Alarm. Guitarist Mike Peters is a leukemia survivor and co-founder of Love, Hope, Strength, and this song is their anthem. Special thanks to our sponsors, Recreational Equipment Incorporated, REI, and Patagonia. We don't take money from just anyone. Sponsors of the Joy Trip Project support our mission of an active lifestyle through outdoor recreation and community involvement. Support us by supporting them. Find links to their websites on ours at joytripproject.com. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by posting a link to it on your Facebook page or send it as a tweet to your followers on Twitter. Social media is a vibrant exchange of ideas. Join the conversation by becoming engaged. Post your comments to the Joy Trip Project blog or send us an email at info at joytripproject.com. Share your stories. Share your passion for outdoor recreation, environmental conservation, acts of charitable giving, and practices of sustainable living. And you just might inspire our next joy trip together. But most of all, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time, take care. <laughs>